dear friend. Thank you for tuning in and welcome to Faith FM Drive Time. Welcome to Q&A. This is the program where we respond to difficult questions concerning God, faith, contemporary religion, and the Bible. This is the program where we look at world religious trends in the line of Bible prophecy. You're listening to Pastor Fabiano Nyonguru, and I'm currently ministering in the Sinai as well as the Meros Park Seventh day Adventist Church here in South Australia in the conference of the Seventh day Adventist Church. I'm delighted to be able to spend the next hour with you as you listen to this uh, radio program. We pray and hope that you will be blessed uh, through the um, uh, this. Uh, uh, radio Bible study. Now, the theme that we have been studying from this week has been, what does God want for me? That has been the theme. What does God want for me? However, today we are going to focus on the topic, how do I commit to God? That is the question as well as the topic. How do I commit to God? I just want to remind those who might be listening to us that we are actually live uh, virtually from our homes. We are abiding by the new restriction measures here in South Australia. And uh, if there's any hiccups, you'll know that that is why. But uh, we believe that God is going to help us through this radio program and that everything will be just fine. So if you can keep us in prayer, that will be much appreciated as well. I'd like to introduce our regular co-host to this uh, Drive Time program, and this is Helen Gray. Helen, welcome to the radio program. Thank you, Fabiano. It's certainly different, isn't it? I'm in my home, you're in yours, and (laughs) we can see each other. That's right, that's right. Yeah, in fact, to begin with, it did feel a bit awkward because I wasn't sure whether I was coming through right because uh, we don't have our usual uh, uh, headphones there. So we're just, you know, uh, praying that everything is going well. But it sounds uh, good since I can hear you. I believe then everything is going well. How have you been coping with the first day of the lockdown? Well, I thought... Um, we'd be a little bit quieter and, and no interruptions. Ha, ha, ha. I think, uh, Fabiana, I've actually been busier. I think I had 15 phone calls before half past nine this morning. Okay. And there's been emails. There's been uh, – I did have to go out at one stage. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I, you know, observing all the things, you know, That's with right. the masks and everything. That's right. It's yeah. certainly, um, it's very sad for those people who are on their own. That's right. I have a dear friend whose husband is very, very ill oh, uh, in a um, nursing home, mm, mm. and um, my heart goes out to them. That's right. Yeah. Very much so. I have someone else who lost their, their sister, died just recently, and, you know, getting the family together for funerals is not on at the moment, so it's very That's difficult right. for some That's people. Right. I feel also sorry for some of those smaller businesses that just mm, can't take mm, any more. Mm, mm. mm. That's right. Well, Bad state. Our, that's right. Our prayers goes out to all of you. Uh, mm-hmm. We believe that we serve a living God who can help mm-hmm. us through this difficult situation. Um, and so 
here on this radio program, uh, we will take time to even pray for you. Uh, and if you have a prayer request, please do not hesitate to send that through. If there's a word of encouragement, do not hesitate to send that through. In fact, if you want to get in touch with us, the number is uh, 048-88-0811. Please do uh, connect with us using that number. Let me repeat the number. It is 048 0811. So let me quickly share what's happening around the world just before we plunge deep into today's study. Uh, we have here on the Christian Headlines News Network uh, an interesting uh, article which I thought I'll share briefly. And the article goes, uh, goes like this. According to a 2000 let me read that again. According to 2019 report from the U.S. State Department, Saudi Arabia prohibits religious publications related to any other religion than Islam. This includes anything bearing a supposed religious symbol, gospels, crosses, statues, and sculptures. For this reason, most Christians practice their worship in their homes or via internet chat rooms and private meetings. Christians and other non-Muslims are prohibited from entering the cities of Mecca, Al-Makarama and uh, Al-Madina and Al-Malwara, something like that, along those lines. Forgive me if I cannot pronounce it properly. Uh, which are considered the holiest cities in Islam. And so as I was reading on this article, the author was actually saying that it is against the law of the land to practice any other religion other than Islam. And uh, they do allow people from outside who might be coming in for work purposes uh, to, I guess, to, 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 to maintain their faith, but so long as they do not practice it openly. In fact, to be a citizen there, you must be a Muslim. And so, Continuing on this article, it actually says a study from 2015 estimates that there are, there are about 60,000 Muslims in Saudi Arabia who have converted to Christianity between the years 1960 to 2015. But the study does not specify whether all of these people are Saudi citizens or people from other nationalities. As I've been thinking about this, I was, yeah, I was thinking, well, if you happen to be uh, born in Saudi Arabia and you were convicted otherwise that you should follow the Christian faith, you'd have to make a radical decision. And that decision will come with some consequences. Um, and uh, it is not an easy thing, but Obviously, 60,000 Muslims who have converted to Christianity, I believe that there is a high chance that there are some who were actually uh, born there. Now, also, let me quickly share that uh, what I'm hearing actually from this article is that uh, all of us must make decisions in one way or another and uh, at a certain point in time. Uh, hence, the uh, the government of Saudi Arabia has put that law in, in place because they know that people are bound to make decisions when they're confronted with truth. And today, in today, uh, and today, in the study that we, that we have, I believe we will be um, 
led by the Holy Spirit as well to make certain decisions. But notice uh, what we have read thus far. It says that 60,000 Muslims in Saudi Arabia have converted to Christianity. Now, I was wondering, what is it that leads people to make difficult decisions such as, you know, uh, uh, converting to another faith, for example, especially when there are consequences that may follow? What is it that really leads people to make those decisions? Before I ask Helen to contribute briefly uh, to this uh, discussion, before we even take a break, uh, in 2012, uh, a Saudi court charged two men, a Lebanese Christian and a Saudi uh, uh, Christian, with persuading a woman to convert to Christianity and flee Saudi Arabia. The court sentenced the former to six years in prison and 300 lashes. The Saudi man was sentenced to two years in prison and 200, 200 lashes. So the question that I would like to ask, Alan, um, have you ever... Um, have you ever had to make a decision that wasn't easy uh, in your life that probably came with some consequences or a certain cost to it? Um, and um, But you just knew that you had to make that decision. Have you ever been in that kind of a situation? I have on several occasions, actually. Mm-hmm. But just before I go on to that, um, Fabiano, Yes. I believe there is about 1.2 million Christians that live in Saudi Arabia. Oh, interesting. There you go. Yes. So the number has increased. Well, yeah. I mean, I think that the report that you just read out were yes. those that have converted over to Christianity recently. All right. I, I read an article saying, saying that there's more than 1.2 million. Wonderful. That's a lot of Christians, isn't it? That's a lot of Christians. That's right. That's but, right. When you consider the decision they have to make is far, far beyond anything that I think you or I have probably encountered and may be wrong there. One decision comes to my mind very quickly. Yes. yes. Yeah. That I went through when I was asked to come down to Adelaide. Okay. South Australia. And it was at a time where I had gone through some trauma, but it was a time where I just got settled in um, Queensland. Yes. My my youngest boy was with me and he was just settled into school. I was working for the South um, Queensland Conference Office, just getting my life back on after a traumatic um, experience. Mm. And then I got this phone call to say, would you please come to Adelaide? We want you to work with us. Right. And my first answer was, no, 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 I'm just settled here, but thank you for the offer mm-hmm. and hung up. Right. Unbeknownst right. to me, this person went to a friend of mine and said, look, I think um, she would be perfect for our business. Yes. What do you think? And this person said, give her a call again. So mm. he rang me again. Mm. And again, I said no. And after the second call, mm-hmm. my dad said to me, he said, what is your problem? Right. Now, my dad wasn't following any religion really at that stage. He called himself a Methodist by then, although he was a Presbyterian many years. Mm. And I had become an Adventist. And um, I said, I've been asked to go to... Um, to New South Wales, Dad, but, you know, and he said, well, what's the problem? I said, well, I'm settled here. And he said, have you spoken to the Lord about it? Mm. He said, you always pray. Have you spoken? I said, no. And he said, why not? I said, because I know what God wants me to do. And I'm (laughs) trying to ask him to confirm it. Dad said, that's not how you work. And that was good counsel. I took it to the Lord. 
They rang yeah. a third time and I said yes. It was ah. a very, very difficult decision. Yes. We had to uproot again and um, when I got down here, it was totally different and uh, mm-hmm. even the situation to what I expected. And three right. weeks later, I had a phone call from the South Queensland Conference Office asking me to come back up again and they would pay to get my stuff up. <laughs> that was a hard decision as well, but I said, no, I've committed to being here. Mm-hmm. I'm glad. I've, I've um, experienced lots of um, other decisions in my life. Yes. But I know without a shadow of a doubt, Fabiano, I can trust God. I Amen. can trust him. Amen. And let me tell you, he will tell, he will let you know if you pray to him over a situation and, and you know that it's probably not what God wants. He will mm-hmm. show you if you ask him. Yes. Um, had that experience once when I wanted to go to a concert and it wasn't really one that I would have gone and I'd become a Christian. Yeah. And I thought, I prayed and I said, Lord, if I'm not meant to go, stop my card from going through. And I'm a little bit stubborn and a bit thick, and I went in there, and, of course, it came up and said, it won't take your card. I said, there's money in there. Try again. Mm. Three times they did it, and three times it came up it wouldn't accept it. Now, you would have thought that was enough for me to say, all right, Lord, I got the message. But no, I was being stubborn. I wanted to go to this concert, and I made the decision to use the rent money. Right. And as I walked out of that place, it suddenly hit me what I had done. And I had really literally willfully sinned and I went round to a quiet place and I asked God for forgiveness. I did not go to the concert. Yeah. Um, yeah, but that was a decision, the wrong decision I made. Oh, you know, if you're going to ask God for help, you've got to, you've got to trust him with the answer. And, and ask him according to his will, isn't that what Absolutely. the Bible Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. Mm. But that's quite interesting. You know, in the first story that you just shared, it uh, so- sounded like you were being a Jonah, you know. Jonah is a biblical <laughs> character who tried to run away from God. Regardless, uh-huh. you know, and, and Jonah knew exactly what God wanted him to do. In fact, God had taught him what to do, but uh, he chose to go the other way. And so, you know, t- 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 took a different journey uh, uh, in the opposite direction. Have you just changed my name, have you? Oh, no. No, I didn't. <laughs> I've become Jonah. Oh, Jonah. <laughs> well, maybe. <laughs> but uh, once again, there are important decisions that one must make in life. Oh, yes. We are yes. faced with important decisions from time to time. And, you know, there are times where these decisions come with certain consequences. But we are convicted in our heart that this is the right decision and we make those decisions. And yes. so we will be discussing or a little bit on that today. Once again, I would just like to remind those who are following uh, this uh, radio program that you can actually uh, get in touch with us, uh, maybe share a word of encouragement to those who are in lockdowns here in South Australia, in the eastern states such as Victoria and, and, and New South Wales. I believe Queensland might be still, I'm unsure. Um, but uh, also, if you would like a prayer, uh, uh, uh I guess for you or for loved ones, uh, we can do that as well. And so I'd just like to once again remind our listeners that if you've missed some of the previous uh, recordings or presentations uh, uh, on this uh, very theme of which we are starting this week, you can actually go to faithfm.com.au and just look for the radio program titled um, Big Q&A Draft Time. And so you will be able to listen to some of those recordings and even some previous recordings as well. 
So right now, let us come to a short break. But before we do that, we will have a prayer. So because after the break, we're going to plunge straight into the study. So we're going to have a prayer and then, um, and then we'll have, uh, a break, and then we'll be right back immediately after that. Maybe let me ask uh, Helen, would you like to actually lead us in prayer? I'd love to. Thank you. Loving Heavenly Father, Lord, what a joy and a delight to know that we can come to you anytime, anywhere, with any problems or joys and just share time with you. We thank you for the time you've given us on this air space. I pray, Lord, that the words that we say will will be able to be used by you through the power of the Holy Spirit to touch someone's heart that is desperately in need of you. Lord, you know the needs of each person and each person listening, and I just pray that they will sense your presence in a very real way as we go through the study tonight. Lord, we pray for those people in Saudi Arabia, and um, it's so hard, Lord, to stand up against a government that is so opposed to your religion. I only know a little of that when I stood up to my father with um, taking a step into this church. And I thank you for that, Lord, because it is such a blessing when you're walking with the Lord. May others experience this too, I pray in the loving name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Once again, my friends, we are so thankful that you could tune in and um, and uh, follow this uh, radio program. Please do share, uh, share uh, news around. You can actually get a, an up. Uh, for Faith FM, just in case you are somewhere, you know, in the outback where you may not have uh, a signal, you can actually listen to this radio program um, if you have an, an app. Now, let us come to a break and we'll be right back. And the song we are playing is uh, a song titled Baptism Reborn by uh, Liturgical Folk.
Welcome back. You are listening to Faith FM Drive Time Big Q&A with Pastor Fabiano Nyonghuru and our co-host today is Helen Gray. Helen is a regular co-host on this radio program and a dedicated student of the Bible. And the theme of which we have been studying this week has been, What Does God Want For Me? But the topic for today is the question, How Do I Commit To God? And I would like to begin with a question, therefore, that leads us into the study of today. And the question that I'd like to ask Helen, first and foremost, is what are some of the decisions that one must make if he or she wants to actually follow Christ? Uh, what are some of those decisions, generally speaking? And then we'll plunge deep into the uh, into answering the, the question, how do I commit to God? Well, I, per- I actually believe, Fabiana, <clears throat> one of the main decisions we need to make is are we going to allow Jesus, God, the Holy Spirit, to work in and through us? Are we going to commit completely? You know, are we going to honour God's commandments? His first four talk about um, God and our relationship with him. The last six talk about our relationship with other people. Are we willing to change our life? Are we willing to put our old life behind us? Do we want to go around having a guilt conscience all the time or do we ask God to cleanse us? There are a lot of things there, but mainly do you want him to lead your life? 
because I found that if you want peace in your life and be able to rest secure in his love, not worry about what's going on to know without a shadow of a doubt he's in control mm. and he will guide and lead you because he has promised. That's if right. you believe that, you will have a peace that passes understanding. That's Even right. through this, these lockdowns and all that we've got, Fabiano, to be able to trust him on the mountaintop and in the valley is just absolutely beautiful. Wonderful. And usually Christians talk about baptism as uh, one of the way in which people make these decisions. Uh, and, in fact, the topic, how do I commit to God, I believe that involves baptism. So I'd like to begin with this question, how important is baptism? Well, I read in Scripture in um, Mark sixteen sixteen. if I may read this out, yes. it says, He who believes and is baptized will be saved. Now, that's a beautiful, beautiful promise. Sounds good. Um, the second part of that verse, though, is a bit sadder. It says, but he who does not believe will be condemned. Mm. But I want to stress the first one. He who believes and is baptized will be saved. Now, according to Jesus, all Christians need to be baptized, and it is essential to believe in him. But it's also essential that you publicly demonstrate your faith through baptism. Mm. In other words, it's, it's a demonstration publicly of what you feel inwardly. I I believe. Jesus clearly said that the practice of baptism, which, by the way, is mentioned more than 100 times in the Bible, um, Fabiano, it's a prerequisite for entry to heaven. Now, some people will say, well, what about those who are unable to be baptized, such as the thief on the cross? You know, Jesus himself was baptized, and we may speak about that as we go through the study tonight, but um, today... But, you know, the baptism of Jesus is a substitute in the place of that person. The thief couldn't come down from the cross to be baptized. Mm-hmm. And there, that is the case with some other people. And Jesus doesn't expect us to do something that's physically impossible. But that situation, my friend, is very much the exception. It's not an excuse for those who want to avoid that beautiful experience of biblical baptism. That's right. When Jesus was about to leave this planet, he gave a command to his disciples, something they were, they were supposed to do uh, as they will be travel, traveling all around the world. Uh, what is that, Helen? Maybe you can share that with us because I believe it includes baptism, isn't it? Yes, it does. You probably heard me flicking over in my Bible yes. um, as you were actually talking. I want to turn to Matthew 28. Verse 19. All right. And this is an instruction that Jesus gave. How could he give it? Because all authority had been given to him. All right. And it says here in verse 19, Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. I'd like to add verse 20, if I may. It says, Teaching them to observe all things that I've commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Wonderful. Let me just mention here that when it, Jesus says go, he's, he, these are action words, aren't they? Yes. He they says are. go and make. Hmm. We can't make anybody but only through the power of the Holy Spirit and baptize them and teach them. 
And then he gives us the promise. I think that's actually beautiful because most times the last words of someone are often significant. And here we find Jesus sharing his vision for the new Christian church. The leaders of this church were commissioned to share the gospel all over the world, encouraging people to accept Jesus and be baptized. And any church, Fabiana, that does not teach or practice baptism, I'm sorry, is not really following the teachings or the instructions of Jesus. Did you notice here it also said the need to be baptized in the name of the entire Godhead? Yeah. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, yes. All three power in the name as God, and all three play a vital role in our spiritual experience. Mm. Let me just also mention that all three are divine. Mm. Jesus, when he came to this earth, he was fully divine and fully human, something which we don't really understand. Yes. But he was. And among other things, the Father cares for us, the Son saves us, and the Holy Spirit empowers us. Amen. So how many methods are there, are there uh, of, um, of baptism? Uh, because um, I've heard that some people skip the fire, maybe some sprinkle, some do immersion under the water, that is. How many methods are there? Well, according to if you were looking at the churches, you'd probably find there was many, many different um, methods, but right. not according to the Bible, Fabiano. If right. if um, if we turn to Ephesians four, verse five, perhaps have you got that there? Yes, I, I could read Ephesians chapter four, verse five. Uh, right. Oops. Okay, there you go. So it says. Uh, one Lord, one faith, one baptism. It's a very short verse. <laughs> but it's very clear, isn't it? It is very clear. Yeah, yeah, and I believe that one baptism probably, well, I believe it mentions or it, it is absolutely the water ba- baptism. That's quite now, every Just about every religion on this planet uh, has a unique method of baptism. And you've just mentioned some of them as well. But I think there's a, roughly about 15 different approaches to baptism in the Christian faith alone. But the Bible does definitely stress there is only one true baptism. You know, the word baptism actually came from a Greek word, okay. baptismo, and it means to immerse you know, to submerge. And so it doesn't mean sprinkle or pour or, you know, some other method of baptism. The one true baptism of the Bible is baptism in water by full immersion. And um, I guess that brings me to a question you may even ask. Was Jesus himself baptized? And and how was he baptized? You know, we want to follow Christ's example. Right. If we look at Mark 1, verses 9 and 10. Uh Uh-huh. And I'm just turning over to that now. I'm probably a little slower than you at the moment because I'm very cold here. All right. I'm already there. I'll just wait for you. (laughs) Okay. What what did I say, Mark? One, nine, and ten. Okay. Let me just flick over here. Verse nine says, And it came to pass in those days that Jesus came from Nazareth and Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. And immediately coming up from the water, he saw the heavens parting and the spirit descending upon him like a dove. You'll notice that Jesus went in yes. Jordan. Yes. You'll notice that then he came up 
from the water. From the water. And, and John the Baptist specifically chose to baptize people at a deep part of the river because mm. there was so much water there, we're told, in John 3.23. Jesus was baptized in water by full immersion. You know, I kind of figure if it's if that's the way that he was baptized, that's the way I want to be baptized. <laughs> that's right. We want to follow Christ's example. Yeah, you notice that he wasn't actually baptized when he was a baby. He chose to get baptized at the age of thirty when he could make that decision for himself mm. and just before he began his public ministry. Mm. So, you know, and also the father, the three, Jesus the Son, the Holy Spirit, Father, were all present at his baptism. Jesus was baptized as a human. The Holy Spirit descended on him as a dove, and the Father said, this is my Son. I am well pleased. Oh, wonderful. So what we are seeing, therefore, is that the Bible has one method of baptism, and Jesus demonstrated this. It is uh, uh, baptism by immersion, and uh, Jesus has clearly demonstrated in His Word that this is uh, the this is how we commit to God. And if we want to be saved, we need to be baptized. Now, do we have any other examples uh, in the Bible, maybe in the New Testament, where uh, other people were baptized as well? Let's say maybe people who are not from the Jewish uh, background. Uh, do we find well, that in the Bible? Yeah, there is actually. Um, there's a part in Scripture in Acts, I believe, Acts mm-hmm. 8, which talks about Philip baptizing a man from Ethiopia. Yes. Philip came along by his chariot. The man was reading from Isaiah. Philip asked him if he understood it, and the man said, you know, how can I unless somebody teaches me? So Philip did. Yes. And then the man actually asked, was there any reason why he couldn't be baptized? Could you just read for us, please, Acts eight thirty-eight and 39? Yes, the Bible says, so he commanded the chariot to stand still. And both Philip and the eunuch went down into the water, and he baptized him. 39. Now when they came up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord caught Philip away, so that the eunuch saw him no more, and he went on his way rejoicing. That is quite amazing. Well, that was quite clear, wasn't it? It is very clear. Mm. Mm-hmm. So the unit went down into the water. Yes. And then they came up out of the water. That's right, up out of the water. Yeah, so that's clear again, even in the New Testament. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, so what we are seeing, therefore, these are people who can make a conscious decision uh, after having studied and, and understand and they're making a solid uh, decision for Christ. Uh, this is quite interesting. We are learning something here. What does the symbol then of water represent? I mean, why can we just use any other, uh, I guess, symbols? I mean, Jesus used the water. I understand we want to follow his example. But what is the meaning behind the water? What does the water represent? Okay, it's very, very interesting. I mean, Jesus also talks about the living water, which is the power of the Holy Spirit. Right. But if if we turn to Acts twenty two sixteen, it says here, and now why are you waiting? Arise and be baptized and wash away your sins, calling on the name of the Lord. Right. I, I feel that's, that's just so important, isn't it? The symbol of water is used to represent cleansing right. through washing. It signifies uh, or symbolizes purity and a fresh start. Okay. And all of us have done things in our life that we're ashamed of. 
And hmm. sometimes we still feel that heavy shadow of guilt from our past. Yeah. You know, if anybody would like to have their sins, hurts and discouragements washed away, have a fresh start in life, then why not consider being baptised? Now, I just want to add something here okay. that the water, there is no power in the water. Okay. It is purely symbolic of what God does in our life. Wonderful. And because... Um, Baptism symbolizes the washing away of sins. Sprinkling or even pouring water does not suffice. You can't sprinkle away your sins. They need to be washed away. And only baptism where the whole body is immersed truly represents the washing away of sins. Hmm. Well, that makes sense. If water represents uh, cleansing, and it would totally make sense to go under the water and be fully immersed because you want to be clean. You know, the whole body needs to be clean and to be cleansed of sin. And what is sin, by the way? I'm just throwing this in just to sidetrack a little bit because people might be listening for the first time. And they say, what, why, what's so big? I mean, why are you, um, uh, making sin as, uh, what is sin? It sounds, it sounds like something that is terrible. What is that? Well, the Bible trans, the Bible actually puts it as being transgression. Sin okay. is the transgression of the law. But let me explain. I believe that, um, Sin is if you put something above Christ, it can become an idol, and yes. that separates you from Christ. So anything that separates you from Christ yes. can become a sin or be a sin. All right. Sin is separation. Yeah. Separation from God, rebellion, yeah. all that. Mm. In fact, it is the, 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 the thing that really um, that brings about evil and, and all forms of it, whether it be hatred or whatever, calamity, it's a, it's a result of sin. Okay, so, so we... But it's a breaking of the law as well. It's mm. a breaking of the law, that's right. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right, so what does the practice of baptism then... Uh, I, I think you've answered this question, but let's just highlight that a little bit and then we'll, we'll take a break. What, uh, in summary, what does the practice of baptism itself symbolize? <laughs> You do like asking some interesting questions, don't you? Okay, Romans 6, 3 to 6 says, Or do you not know that as many of us as were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized unto his death? Therefore we were buried with him through baptism into death, and just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. Hmm. Or if we have been united together in the likeness of his death, certainly we also shall be in the likeness of his resurrection, knowing this, that our old man was crucified with him and the body of sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves to sin. Now, that was quite a bit. But, you know, if you remember that Jesus died, was buried and resurrected, and that's just so that the... The new life, the new Christian life dies to an old life of sin, buried beneath the water in baptism. You know, if you think of it, a person who is baptized firstly chooses to lay down their life of sin. Right, right. Right? And secondly, there's a brief moment in baptism. Oh, I think we just lost you there. Uh, I believe you kind of muted yourself, but... Oh, I don't know what happened. I'm back. Oh, wonderful. That's good. Okay. How far did I get? I just said that, um, you know, a person that's baptized chooses first to lay down their life. That's right. Thank you for that. Their life of sin. Mm. And while they're under the water, just for that brief moment, 
the eyes close, the breathing stops, and that person is fully placed under the water, as Christ was in the tomb. And that then is followed by lifting them out of the water to live a totally new life as symbolized by the resurrection of Jesus. Wonderful. Before we go any further, we got to take a break. We've we just learned something amazing. So we've learned, hey, there is sin, there is something evil, there is something, and, and sin is the breaking of God's commandments. He's going against his will, uh, total separation from God and all that. But um, there is a way to commit to God, and that is through baptism, symbolizing new life, a new beginning, uh, the washing away of sin. And, and there's no magic in the water, but it's this symbol, a public declaration of our commitment to God. That is wonderful. That is good news. Let us come to a short break and we'll be right back. Dear friend, this is a good study. Please do share this with your friends. You can simply inform them about the Faith FM app and uh, you can also uh, um, you know, stay in contact with us by um, sending us a message uh, through this number, 488 Double eight zero eight eleven. You know, as we have seen or heard um, from our topic today, from what we are learning, it is clear that how one commits to God is through baptism. There's no doubt. So Jesus wants us to follow him in baptism. I believe that that's, that's what we're learning. And that's what we're hearing. Uh, as we continue studying, my friend, I'd like you to wrestle with this question. Is it your desire to commit to God through baptism. If you, re- if you respond yes, well, just text us to that number, 0488880811, and we will pray with you and pray for you, and we'll send someone out who can actually uh, uh, help you with that as well. But for now, let us come to a short break, and we'll be right back. Thank you, my friends. Listen to Faith FM anytime, anywhere with the free Faith FM app, available on the Apple App Store and the Android Google Play Store.
Welcome back to Faith FM. You're listening to the Draft Time Big Q&A with Pastor Fabiano Nyonghuru here in the studios of Faith FM. Also, I'm joined with Helen Gray. Uh, Helen is a regular co-host on this radio program and a dedicated student of the Bible. We are enjoying our time here as we discuss on the theme, What Does God Want For Me? And the topic of which we're discussing today is a question, actually. And the question is, how do I come it to God. We have just uh, learned a wonderful truth about baptism, a new beginning, how to commit to God, how to start all over. Now, I would just like to ask uh, our good friend Helen once again to uh, pick up from where we left off there, and uh, we will probably, uh, yeah, we'll probably wrap it up soon, but we've got, I've got just a few questions there to ask Helen, and the first question I'd like to ask is, does it really matter which form of baptism uh, I used. Um, or, or even better yet, actually, I could ask this question. I think this would be um, a, a better question. And the question is, how do you know if you are ready for baptism? I think that's even a far better question. But whichever you choose to answer, Helen, but I believe definitely the Bible has made it clear already that there is one faith, one baptism. But maybe you can answer, how do you know if you are ready for baptism? I think that question has more weight to it. Thanks, Fabiana. I'd just like to recap a little. When we talked about the death of our old life, yes. I'd just like to mention it. it's a, not just a matter of being a better person. It's death to the old life. That's you right. know, the Apostle Paul said, I have been crucified with Christ. And if it's no use wanting to be baptized if you're not prepared to allow your old life to pass away. You would simply come out of the water a wet sinner instead of a new Christian. So, you know, you would be buried alive and simply go back to living your old life. And I have actually sadly seen people do that, and that's really sad. Burial of your old life. So we go the death of your old life, the burial of your old life. The Bible says we are buried with him in baptism. And then you have a new life in Jesus. The old has passed. And I think that's so important. And as, as such, too, we need to be baptized in and under the name, baptized into Christ. Amen. Take him into our life completely. Hmm. So you asked a very, very important question, and I would like to address it. Yes. And um, how do we know if we are ready for baptism? Mm-hmm. Well, I think Matthew twenty two thirty six and 37. Have you got that there? I can quickly go there. Matthew chapter. Matthew twenty two thirty six and 37. All right. The Bible says, Teacher, which is the greatest, which is the great commandment in the law? Jesus said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. Uh, up to which verse, sorry? Well, I said 36 and 37. Mm-hmm. All right. Yes, I've read that. <laughs> okay. So when you love Jesus with yes. one way of knowing, you're ready for baptism. Mm. When you've accepted Jesus as your personal saviour and experience of the new birth, yes. um, that's 2 Corinthians 5.17. I'm throwing these at you, Fabiano. That's all right. 2 Corinthians 5.17. 17. And the Bible says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. You know what I like about that? All things have passed away. That means that you have committed your life to Christ. You have taken on what it says in 1 John 1, 9. If you confess your sins, he is faithful and just 
to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Amen. Cleansing. Fantastic. Hmm. Okay. Also, when you understand the teachings of Jesus, it's important to understand. Yes. And um, Matthew twenty-eight, nineteen, and 20 tell us about that. That's right. Have we got time for that? Yeah, we can definitely read that, Matthew 28, 19. Yeah, and 20. And the Bible says, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Amen. So there is a teaching part there. We need to understand the teachings of Jesus. And let me tell you, the more you understand Jesus and his teachings and what he's done for you, the more you're going to love him. Amen. Amen. Absolutely. Okay. When you have repented of past sins, Acts 2.38. Acts 2.38. And this is the Acts of the Apostles. Uh, 38, the Bible says, Then Peter said to them, Repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Wow, what a promise that one is, isn't it? It is amazing. So really, Fabiano, baptism is for those who have accepted Jesus and want to live a life together with him. That's right. It's, it's like when two people begin to love each other, they usually spend some time getting to know each other before they're married. That's well, right. Baptism, baptism, if you like, is an exciting but serious decision. Mm. Jesus wants you to get to know him and fully understand the commitment that you are making. That's right. Wonderful. Well, that is good. That's a wonderful answer. Uh, what must uh, what must accompany baptism uh, of water? Um, I, I'm going to get you to answer that, Fabiana, from John three five. Okay, John three five. This is John the Gospel. Mm-hmm. All right, John three five. The question is, what must accompany the baptism of water? The Bible actually says here, and this is an in uh, dialogue between Jesus and. Um, uh, Nicodemus, a ruler, a rabbi, a teacher in the Jewish uh, religious system. And so Jesus answered and said to, uh, sorry, Jesus answered, Most assuredly, I said to you, unless one is born of water and the spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. And my understanding, the last time I studied this passage, is that there is a work, a spiritual regeneration that happens within your heart. You first accept Christ in your heart and you fully surrender to him. And then when you come to the waters of baptism, you are truly declaring, hey, I'm washing away my sins. Hey, I'm dying. I'm living that old life, you know, buried and I'm going to resurrect to a new life. And uh, the Holy Spirit will lead me and help me to grow and uh, help me live a new life. And so hence Jesus says, um, unless one is born of water, not just the water, because you can go through the water and that would just be none but ritual. You know, you can just having a bath like uh, uh, Helen was saying. But, but there is a spiritual birth, a spiritual regeneration. That is at the level of the heart. And uh, that is very important. Yeah. To be ba- Thank you, Fabiana. To be baptized with the Holy Spirit means to be fully immersed with mm. the Holy Spirit. We need to ask for the Holy Spirit. Allow the Spirit to change our life. And may I recommend that we do that each morning and recommit our life to the Lord each morning. The role of the Holy Spirit is to convict us of sin, to show us the righteousness of Jesus as the solution to sin. Mm. It's the Holy Spirit that helps us to understand the teachings of God's word. That's another reason why I I don't like to open the Bible without first praying and inviting the Holy Spirit for leading. 
Mm. So we're not going off track there. Mm. You know, and the baptism of the Holy Spirit is also demonstrated through producing good fruits of the Spirit Mm. as well as receiving the gifts of the Spirit. And that then enables us to share the good news effectively, effectively about God's love. Um, Helen, if I may quickly add one one other important thing about baptism too is that we read in Acts two forty one that those who gladly received His word, that is Jesus, were baptized. So really, we can see that that was what people did. They had to make that decision. They were baptized, and they and that day about three thousand souls were added to them to the church. And so baptism, therefore, is also another door into the church because when we accept Jesus as our Lord and Savior, we join the body, the church is it's it's called a body of Christ. We become part of that body, and that's that's very important as well. I, I mean, who's the head of the body? Christ is the head of the of of the church, which is. How do you Because the Bible actually tells us in Colossians one eighteen, and He is the head of the body, the church. The Bible is very clear. Make no mistake about it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's quite amazing, right? And yet, well, There are some people who don't want to join a church, but the Bible is very clear, you know, by what you've just shared with us. When we are baptized into Jesus, we automatically become part of his body, the church, Mm -hmm. which is a chosen body of people to help nurture us in our spiritual life as well as work with and spread the gospel. I'm reminded that if you if you are trying to do this on your own, it's like sitting by a fire, take a log out of the fire and put it on the hearth and it will go out. That's right. You know, it's the fellowship and 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 the nurturing that's important. And Helen, you know, some of us have backslidden, went too far from God to a point where we really put Christ to shame. Uh, in by in the Bible, in Acts nineteen verse two to five, we find examples of people who were previously baptized, but after learning some new truths, also made decisions for Christ. And that has been my my experience because I had left. God and went into the world to do music and to live out that life. But when I came back to God, when I, when God spoke to my heart and I gave my heart to Him once again, I felt convicted that I need to start again to start fresh. And so, baptism too can be that uh, symbol of a new beginning. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I guess it we can might... be. It can be very appropriate. That's right. That's right. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well. Um, let me bring this to a close and ask this question. When the Apostle Paul was tempted to put off his baptism for his baptism for a lot of time, what advice did he receive? And may this be our advice as well. Okay, that's in Acts twenty two sixteen. Have All you right. got that there or yeah? If you've All got right. it, you read it. Mm-hmm. Acts twenty two verse fifteen, the Bible says uh, sixteen. Thank oh. you. All right, sixteen. The Bible says, and now why are you waiting? Arise and be baptized and wash away your sins, calling on the name of the Lord. Procrastination is one of the worst things we can do, but the devil causes us to do it, to put off making a decision. The Bible here just you just said it. Why are you waiting? Don't please put off baptism until you think you're good enough. Don't wait until you feel clean. Don't wait for the approval of other people. The Bible says to arise and be baptized. Don't delay. Make plans today for a fresh start in your life through baptism. Now is the accepted time. And three points I'd like to leave you with. Baptism is one one of the most important aspects of being a Christian. Only baptism by full immersion of a believer is biblical. 
and reflects the meaning behind the symbolism of baptism. And baptism is the entry point into God's church. If it is your desire to follow the example of Jesus, have a fresh start in your life, begin preparing for your baptism according to the Bible, please contact us, please give your life to the Lord, and we will certainly help you along that line. Amen. And the number is 0488-0811. Let me repeat that, 0488-0811. And so, my friends, that was a wonderful study. Thank you, Helen. Let me just close with this, um, with the words of Christ from John fourteen twenty seven. I'm leaving you with this gift, peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give isn't like the peace the world gives. So don't be troubled or afraid. Let me just close with a short prayer. Father in heaven, decisions have been made and some are still being made. We pray that you may convict the heart of the hearer. And if uh, they hear your voice, may they harden all their heart. Be with us and bless us, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Change my heart, oh Be like you.